everyone. It is episode 394 of This Is Whole Life, where we get together every week. Sometimes you hear us when we get together every week. Sometimes you have to go to the website. But I am confident I have heard from many of you as soon as the episodes dropped back into our normal RSS feed, which is hosted by a company called Captivate. And unfortunately, they were just a little misinformed about the actual problem and <laughs> Well, anyway, we, uh, we there's have, no bitterness there. No, there's only there's only one just one more email that I'm gonna write after I let somebody proof it and go through a go through a cooling down period that I'm gonna let you know because it was a long time and this is what I kind of thought the problem was in the first place. So you know, Randy was right; they were wrong. Mm. But I hate to you know hate to be I don't want to gloat or anything like that. It just you know, whatever. It's fine. It's working now. It's not a big deal. I'm trying not to harbor any ill feelings. And uh, and you all been great. Um, I think for the most time, uh, first time ever, I have heard more comments from people, even though I haven't even hardly been here because I've been sick. But people texting me like, I did not know that there was a podcast page <laughs> on the website. And I'm like, well, now you know. And if you ever get stuck again where you're just like, hey, I, I can't find the podcast. So maybe it's like a mixed blessing then. It's like maybe people now, we, we drove up the, uh, yeah. the website numbers. We drove up that bit. traffic a little bit for end of So speaking of which, Randy, well, we, we have you, myself, Ken, and, and Melanie hanging out in the uh, studio and no Jeff. on this day after Christmas. Jeff is... Uh, Cruising. That's yeah. right. Cruising, right? Or something like he that. He had the right idea. Well, I'm I think he's back shortly, but yeah. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. Was it was it a couple just a couple days they went for? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm I he's sure. yeah, he's I think he's back in his time now, but anyway, but you cool. but yeah. Christmas cruise. Christmas cruise. With the family. Like that was really yeah. Was I've never been on a cruise, so I don't know if I would make, You haven't? Nah. Oh, I don't know if I'd make Christmas my, you know, maiden voyage or anything. I probably wouldn't do that. Maybe I not. I don't know. Yeah. I love, yeah. yeah. The first cruise I went on, I wasn't so thrilled about. I had young kids. The second time, Rochelle and I went, mm, yeah. I like fun. that, yeah. Yeah. The key for me was the balcony, just yeah. like- Spring oh. for the balcony. Mm -hmm. like yes, just, definitely. For me, it's just, the first time we didn't do that, the second time we did, and I just, I think I read six books on that cruise out on that balcony, <laughs> just watching the ocean go by. It was wonderful. Yeah, plus there's, there's something to be said for being able to open the window of a very yeah. small cabin because they make those about the Efficient. size of about half of a person <laughs> it should be in there, but they put two people in and there. And if Melanie's saying it's small, you, <laughs> you know it's, it's small. really small. <laughs> you know it's small. Oh, man. Well, I, it's, I guess it'll have to go on the bucket list for at some point. Uh, any yeah, and, any, any and, place to go? I mean, I know I've heard Alaska is the best cruise you can possibly take. I mean, if you're going to go to the Bahamas, hurricane season has the best prices. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. And uh, and it has the most adventure to it. Isn't That's right. <laughs> isn't that somewhere near Speaking the, of excursions. <laughs> isn't, isn't it called the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or is I mean, that just planes? Or do boats go missing too? I don't. I don't really know that. Much you know, for me, that. for me, the the cruising is not so much about. I mean, I think there's there. It's kind of fun to go to new and unique places, but just part of the fun is just being on on the boat and just watching the the ocean go by and eating until you can't eat no more. Yeah, can't eat no more. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it. All right. Well, I don't know. I guess. I'm, Heather's never been a big person. She's like, I don't know. Do I want to go on a cruise? And I'm like, I don't know. Everyone says, kind of, I don't know. So maybe, maybe. Give it a shot. Give maybe. it a shot. Leave the kids behind. And Ooh. Well, anything you can leave the kids behind. I mean, that's, well, that's what I'm goes, saying. That kind of goes <laughs> Randy's saying. like, a trip to Publix. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Costco, but, you know, close enough. Close enough. Know. And it usually hurts more when it's Costco because oh, you yeah. just can't get out of there for less than, I don't know if I can get out of there for less than 300 anymore. Mm. I don't even want to think about it. All right. We've been, we've been, it feels like we've been away because every time we've had a, we've had a podcast come out for the last like five weeks until I believe it was last week was the first one that actually dropped when it was supposed to. And that was me going, I don't feel really well. Maybe you guys can uh, tune in next week when we do two episodes. Um, but watching the numbers immediately once everything started coming back uh, felt really, really good in that people... Even though it's not live, I know it's going to be live in a couple hours and it's different than when you're like, isn't nobody going to hear this for at least a week or a month? And you're like, you know, and you look at the, you look at the numbers and you're like, 
four people listened this week. <laughs> we were speaking into the void. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, it, it's it's a totally different feel. So, but what, but what commitment on our part to keep going no matter what? You know, <laughs> trusting that somehow we would get ourselves out of this mess, and and it has it has officially and happened. The commitment of the four people that found us on the website too. Yeah, yeah. Have, and sure, to really proud of that. Out of that because by the time it was done, when we were in that last week. Uh, you know, we were getting 30 to 40 per episode. And so that means an, enough people found it, a yeah. lot more than it started. So nice. uh, thank you all for uh, at least sharing the love, knowing that other people were also struggling to find it. And I wanted to go back to one thing that we didn't get to that I really wanted to uh, catch up with. And this is our friend who I don't remember. Did we call out? Did we tell everybody what his name was last time? Um, Dave? Did we, did we did we talk? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember because now the last, we, the last three weeks are somewhat of a blur. <laughs> well, Christmas yeah. and everything else. <laughs> but at, at the end of it, you know, we're uh, North Carolina North Carolina Dave. It kind of has a nice a nice ring to it. And I thought so, we I thought we narrowed it down to Carolina Dave. Did was we that, did Carolina yeah. Dave? What's the last or one? CD. <laughs> one or CD? CD. Yeah. Well, I actually C- texted him that on. Yeah, that's right. CD works for me. That's it. All right. Well, the one thing that he, we'd been going back and forth in an email chain between the four of us here and and Jeff and Melanie and Ken and I and Dave, and he had been commenting, and this has started, oh, this is a couple messages ago. This is when, this was the dream episode Mm. where we all went through our dreams and he had, had talked about the same thing. And he said, Bat, when I was, think back to when I was five years old, I remember that I somehow figured out my relationship with God through all of this uh, this trauma and end times and all the scariness. And what he found out was I could tell God anything and he wouldn't tell my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since then, I've tried to have that type of relationship with God, one of simple trust. It is a constant struggle, but I must remind myself that this is the relationship I need to have with God on a day-to-day basis in order to see what incredible things he will do to carry me through the hard times, especially the events leading up second coming. I just thought that having a relationship with God that you don't tell your parents about. <laughs> God doesn't tell you. Oh. God, God won't tell on you. I just, I just thought that was so brilliant and so much the brain of a five-year-old that but yet so relevant when I'm like, you know, nobody else needs to know necessarily. I mean, just leave this one between me and God and he's not telling. Well, obviously my family did not have that same arrangement because I'm pretty sure that there was a direct <laughs> dial to my grandmother because she knew everything. She knew it all? Oh, man. Uh, uh, I kind of felt that way with my grandfather a little bit too. Somehow he was always, always knew if you were... Something and it's like, how in the world could you possibly know this? I don't even get it. But so yeah, maybe. Oh, Dave, I'm I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah, that's that's good. That's awesome. But I just thought that was a, a nice reminder, and maybe a if you haven't thought about it that way, it might be a good one you want to use. God's not telling anybody, so as long as you keep your end of the bargain up and keep the money, should be good. Should be good. All right. So who was the person? This is we're going back to see what God has done. This was on the 16th. We did not get to this last week. And Kenneth had started off with a story about unfortunately someone not realizing who he was, obviously. I think I think that was the problem. And this was the actress on Guam. Yeah. Yeah. Who who what can you say who it was? Would we know? Oh yeah. 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 I, I, well, I shouldn't say oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh Carmen Electra? Really? Well, that's not surprising, though. I don't think no. that she might not be. I don't know. It surprised me a did, little. Did it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, the the I mean, the rest of the story on this was that she um she was working on a movie that was B in the best case scenario. <laughs> it's a, it's something some dragon tattoo movie with uh uh. Oh, what the guy the actor actually went on to bigger and better things. I, but her career went down after that. But anyway, anyway, but no, anyway. But um no, she so so she shows up. We we heard that her flight was coming in and it was coming in at six o'clock right when we were going mm. live on air. So all of our regular reporters were all tied up. Well, we had a um we had a high school teen group of 
reporters that we like. It was like a, I don't know how, what do you say? It was like interns. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't really interns. It was like, it was a high school program where they would do like a 30 minute newscast once a week and we mentored them and that sort of thing. And so they had their own like news director who is like a senior in high school. And then there's, you know, another don't tell me the senior got the scoop. So yeah, so the the news director, the news director, <laughs> oh man, the super nice young lady, but kind of a little on the timid side for uh, um, you know, well, but when you're in high school, you know, it is what it is. So anyway, so my my boss, the news director, Sabrina, she says to the the student news director, "Hey, we're all tied up with." with real news, why don't you go down to the airport and get a quick interview with Carmen Electra when she lands? And this is, yeah. yeah. And so, so this young lady stands outside the door of the airport and waits and Carmen Electra comes walking out and, and she's, it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. She's Miss Electra, could you do, could, could you take, and Carmen all but stiff arms her. I mean, it's like you would have thought it was like TMZ there, like just waiting for her at the gate. It's like, and it's like really obvious this is not TMZ. I mean, it's Miss Electra. I'm with Cam. I'm a student reporter. Could you take? And, and Carmen like turns her head, puts her hand out. It feels like that's my memory of it. I, maybe I'm if I'm not I, I, anyway. But she just and then she like speed walks out to like the limo that's waiting for. Her. I don't have time for that. I can't do it or something. You know, and jumps in the limo and, and this little girl is just sitting there, just looking <laughs> devastated. It's like because I think she's like, how am I going to tell the how am I going to tell Sabrina that I didn't get the interview? I, mean, I already told all my friends. And so anyway, so yeah, oh, so so. Anyway, so, I mean, one of the things you got to remember about news is we've got cameras, we record, and so we just showed the whole thing. That oh, night. wow. <laughs> so now you know why Carmen turned her back on <laughs> me because she was not happy because we're like, I guess Carmen doesn't have, have time to say hi to the people of Guam well, oh. <laughs> or something along those lines. So we showed the whole thing of her just all but stiff arming our poor little (laughs) (laughs) student beat reporter. And And so, um, so the next, like a day or two later, I was on the set and, and that's when I tried to get the interview. She had had zero interest in, in, in helping a a person out. So, oh, well it it was, if only she had known then what who who was trying That's to interview that's right? what I'm saying yeah man. right yeah apparently she didn't get the I am Ken Wetmore <laughs> she, did. she didn't she didn't have a proper appreciation no, for that's, it no that, there's no so. way she could have no no not obviously really. we learned to find out that someone who is you know much more tried and true and sensible he, he got it yeah absolutely yeah, he got it so before we get to that though I wanted to ask you did you was there someone that popped into your head like you'd love to have access to did, was when Ken uh, even during dur- during sermon prep or during the message, wa- was there someone that came up that you're like, man, that would be cool to have access to this person? Yeah, you know, I was I was sort of sifting through my brain trying to think of somebody that I would want to spend time with that I don't know. I think I think part of it, part of the reason why I couldn't think of anybody, is because exactly what Ken said you know the persona you don't know the person so how do you know yeah. if you really want to spend that time yeah. with them so I don't know I, I couldn't land on anybody okay alright literally Did, was there someone before <laughs> before the, the the person will will revealed was there someone that you thought of it, like was there well, anyone not, you've ever Carmen wanted Carmen Electra was not high on my list of people that I really wanted to, to yeah. meet to be honest with you I, <laughs> anyway I would probably rather met Dave Navarro but, <laughs> um, but anyway <laughs> So anyway, but no, um, I don't think they, any, were they, were they a thing at that time? I'm pretty sure they was were. That, that probably I'm pretty was sure at that right point time. they were, I think yeah. they were. Anyway. I would like to meet Dave Nipro too. <laughs> Can I tell you one of the funniest people I ever met? Who? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not answering your question. I would, so just to answer the question, I would, any former president, and I do mean any former sure. president, I would spend a day that's, with. Yeah, that's a, just because I think, not necessarily because I have a high opinion, just because I just think it'd be fascinating to to hear what's going on in their lives and stuff like that. I honestly found some of my other favorite people to hang out with 
were um, people in the military that just always have interesting stories. Oh, always. yeah. They like the just stories. fascinating stories of places that have been, things I've done. So, I mean, that's – I just – always enjoy that. And so for me, what I kind of came to realize as a reporter, sometimes the most interesting people are not like the big name people, like the more interesting interviews would be people that just have unusual jobs or do things that nobody really knows about. And you just, you kind of start talking to them and just have just these fascinating Hmm. conversations. But, uh, so (laughs) one of one of the people that I met that is like again on the super nice list is uh, Shaggy. Do you know? Do you yeah. know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Shaggy, uh, the artist? And they sent me as a joke because I did not know who Shaggy was. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't say that I'm like I would know all of his. The work radio, really. the radio station right. I was working for at that point said, uh, "Hey Ken, uh, Shaggy's on island. You need to go interview." Him. I was like, "I don't even know who this person is. I don't want to go do it." He's doing a concert for our station, or our station sponsoring the concert. And nobody else can go. You need to go. I was like, no, seriously, I don't know anything about. I, you know, do this quick Google search of who he is, and I'm like, this is not my interview. <laughs> this is not really in my sweet space of people that I'm going to be really like. You know, you're not going to get a good interview. I don't know anything. And they're like, no, go. And that was the whole bit. That it was a bit that they were doing. They sent me just so they could mock me. And they told <laughs> to him. They told him ahead of time. This guy. Knows nothing. nothing. Like nothing. he's, he, you know, they, he, he grew up this shelter life. He knows nothing about you. So just give him a hard time. Oh, man. So, so I show up. We have there. got to find this footage somewhere. This got to be out this there. This is must see TV so right I here. I show up and try to do this interview with him. It was the most awkward <laughs> interview you've ever heard. It's so, so Mr. Shaggy. <laughs> So I come back to this oh, station with this just piece of junk. It was it was it was radio gold, but it was not for me. So he started calling me Mr. Boombastic. Oh. <laughs> well, Mr. Boombastic got that interview on. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Oh. The only shaggy I know is Raggy. <laughs> no, the, not not the same. It's not the same no, one. No, anyway. I'd, have been, I'd have been lost too. I mean, so, but he was actually very, very nice. And after he was, he goes, "Sorry, man. Sorry, bro. <laughs> or whatever sorry. it was." He said, I can't even remember. Awesome. I was so frozen up at the end of it. it was like, so, did you go to the concert? No, no, no. I didn't. Oh, okay, no. I so I, I mean, I don't know I don't if I know. I'd know. Or recognize a song if it came on. I don't. I'm not that. Mr. Boombastic is one. Um, yeah, I and, think I. And I think that's everything I know right there on the. Wow, Melanie, you, do you know more? You really did go in cold. I am pleading the, the Fifth, fifth Amendment. Right. On this I think she knows. I think she knows. She knows a lot of Shaggy songs. That's what I'm that, there we go. Yeah, I think she doesn't want us to I mean, know. I literally knew nothing. I I I hadn't even heard of him when, oh, wow. when I got sent there. It was. <laughs> It's like way to keep me humble. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. The only person that always comes to my mind, and I, I from everything you read and, and see, I think he's probably a pretty nice guy. Is Michael J. Fox? Yeah, it'd be someone yeah. cool, interesting to uh, to do that. Yeah, he would be interesting. I always right? think of him and David Gilmore. Okay, guitarist from Pink Floyd. I just think it'd be amazing to pick his brain about or have a conversation about the music he's written and this. Maybe you could play. Maybe you could just play, mm-hmm. and I, we wouldn't have to talk. That'd be cool. I'd totally be down for that. A couple hours. Yeah. 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 That would be little cool. mini concert just for me. Yep. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. dream big. <laughs> 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 but the fact that you got to interview Arlie Ermy. Yeah. I that guy is like one of my favorite, and the Jack Wagon commercial that you showed is absolutely my all-time favorite <laughs> commercial ever. We we have so much in common. That is oh, my favorite commercial of all time. That is as the well. that is just the best. Um, I actually have domains. Um, I have a project in mind for some Dude, some former drill instructors <laughs> make horrible therapists. That's right, <laughs> and that's why the color purple makes me sad. You know what makes me sad? You do! (laughs) (laughs) Then when he's really nice, tissue? And then throws it and throws a a box at him? (laughs) Man, that is... um, He's been in so many many things, and you're right, he's he's absolutely typecast as the drill sergeant. And that's just 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 who he is. But I I just thought it was a really cool uh, 
contrast and how easy that you can. You mentioned that, you know, God is often misread and how often we misread people. But, you know, being the grouchy old man in the sky, a little mm-hmm. uh, unapproachable. Hey, maybe Jesus could come over here and ask dad for us. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because. Yeah, it's probably not gonna. Not probably gonna go real well for us. Yeah, and I just wonder too. Sometimes that that person almost becomes the that that God of just I'm being I'm scared or just I'm I'm afraid to talk. And I see it sometimes in Emily just asking me for something, and it's like, what are you afraid of? You're gonna say no, and I'm like, well, I might say yes. But you might say no, <laughs> and you know she'll she'll cover up, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh man, it just it. When you when you did that, it made me think of our interactions that way and how maybe sometimes God doesn't even feel real because it's so it feels so monumental. Like, man, I should just not do this because first off, I'm not even sure I should, and then I probably I'm probably not probably I'm probably not I'm one of those unfaithful. Oh, come all you unfaithful, and I'm maybe I'm one of those that don't feel even like even close to being worthy, but that. And then immediately the fact that God never withdraws from us mm-hmm. and that um, you mentioned the the temple and yeah. how they, they put it right smack dab in the middle. Like, I want to be as close to you guys as possible. And I just thought that was a, it was an interesting exchange because it was funny and it was light and then it was a little bit heavy. And then, but the payoff was really a, a nice, clear picture that I don't think always comes through necessarily especially when you talk about the camping in the wilderness story for 40 years, because <laughs> it's like, for 40 years. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of downside. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of, do we got to keep eating this manna? There's, you know, the golden calf, they can't get it right. And, but yet the whole time right there in the middle of them, it just, I'm like, what am I missing? Like every day, what am I missing every week that God puts right in the center for me? He, he is always been clear that, I want to be in this relationship with you. And I'm thinking if they missed the, you know, maybe the, the whole meaning of the tabernacle and, and God being there and the pillar fire and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what am I missing? That's really obvious. Don't you think that's, I think though that Rain, what a, what a good point. I think that so much of our life, we, we miss the obvious that's Mm. there because we get used to it. You get used to it and it's just, it becomes every day. And just like you said, the, the for the children of Israel out in the wilderness, it just became every day that this, you know, the sanctuary was right there in the middle of their camp. And after, I imagine after two or three years, it was like, yeah, of course, that's where it is. It is, it just becomes every day to us. I remember uh, when I was going to spend a year abroad during college, one of the things that they did is a class for us to prepare us for this experience. And one of the things they said is make sure you take a lot of pictures the first two weeks that you're there. Just take as many pictures as you can. Hmm. Don't they said because after after the first month is over, everything will seem normal. Mm-hmm. And take pictures of what doesn't seem, you know, of all the amazing thing you're seeing that first week or two, because after a month it'll just it'll become normal and then you'll come back and you won't have pictures of things that you really you're like why didn't I take a picture of that I didn't think about that and Hmm. I found that was some of the best advice I've ever had we've you know tried to do that ever since as we've moved around a bit but the first you know the first couple weeks that you're somewhere is everything's brand new everything is like there and you know it's not a it's a good thing to to remember you know just how amazing some of these things are before they become just your, you know, your everyday. Well, it's just normal, you know? And I think that in our relationship with God, sometimes a lot of times we really take for granted uh, his presence in our life. We really take for granted. It becomes for those of us who have, you know, been blessed and fortunate enough to grow up in a, in a Christian faith experience, um, we take for granted a lot of the blessings that come through that hmm, experience, yeah. and it's easier to see the, the downsides of things than to appreciate some of the really amazing things that that God brings into our lives. And so, you know, um, I, 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 it doesn't surprise me at all that children of Israel would would let that become every day. I mean, after after forty years, 
I'm sure it was pretty ordinary. And yet from our perspective today, how extraordinary um, to think that God is right there in the center, that, you know, the Shekinah uh, presence is right there in the temple, that this pillar of fire, you know, leads them through the wilderness. What an incredible thing to think about unless it's happening to you every day and then it just becomes pretty normal. Well, and I think part of what my answer got answered, part of what happened, I think you answered it in in a couple sentences after that. And you're like, you know, God doesn't withdraw from us. He's always there no matter what we're doing. And, but that Jesus was the best of, of God. And that's what he gave us. So much in the same way, and then it's like, yeah, well, of course. I, mean, I actually was really curious because I heard you say that what, Jesus was the best of God. What what did that mean? Um, for me, I'm a communication person, right? And John says that that Jesus is the Word, um, and and the way I take that that John chapter one to mean is that that Jesus is the explanation of who God is, that he's the communication, that he is that Jesus in my theological belief system, Jesus even before becoming human, Jesus would show up in angelic form. Um, we see it in Genesis where talks about the angel of the Lord wrestling with Jacob. And then it says, Jacob says, I've wrestled, you know, well, let me say that God says you've wrestled with God and man. And so it appears that even before Jesus became human, that he would take on a form that would, that made himself accessible and understandable to his creations. Hmm. And so for me, when I say the best of God, obviously all of God is amazing. So, but to me, the best is what you can understand. And if you can't understand somebody or understand something, it's not that great. It, it, what really makes something amazing is to be able to understand. So that's what I meant when I said the best of God, that hmm. it was the explanation of who yep. God is. Hmm. Yeah. I I've just kind of felt too, like that gift is, is what else could you give that would be better? So that, that kind of is where I took it to think of, okay, I mean, I'm sure God could do whatever he wants. We could send something pretty amazing, but that he chose Jesus to be the one and to be that thing and to be that, that person to take on becoming a man that, that, uh, that resonated, that resonated with me. The thing that maybe left uh, me thinking a little bit was, you know, we have access to information. We have access to Carmen Electra on occasion. We have, you know, access to... Carmen Electra's back. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'll, <laughs> I think that was a one time. <laughs> so, you know, maybe... But, but you know, know, Carmen, if you're listening to this podcast, you'd like to come on and, you know... Yeah, you can redeem tell yourself. Tell the other side, <laughs> of, the side of the story. Tell the other There's side of the story. Sides. There's always two sides. I would like to know what was happening that day, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. Just if, you know, because as far as we can tell, you're a really nice person. Yeah. No, no reason to think otherwise. Um, what, thinking to myself, what access do we have that we treat as occasional as we do our access to God sometimes? And I, I was really stopping at th- trying to put it into something that I could think of. But go back, go back to what we we're talking about. What your what's normal? So it it's interesting to me that. You know, we talked about all these people we'd love to spend time with, right? Mm -hmm. Many of these people have their own children, families, so on and so forth. It it always was vastly amusing to me when when I did work in news on Guam, you know, 150,000 people on this island, and there were people that, like, would just nearly lose their minds when they met me. They'd be like, oh, you're Ken Wetmore. I can't believe I'm here talking to you, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like we do here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like that. <laughs> and, you don't know how, long, how much actually, time of the show that actually, takes everyone. And actually, <laughs> and and my wife just would roll her eyes at this. She's like, it's just Ken. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there you do go. Do you know what I know? Yeah, anyway. And, and 
so and occasionally my kids will have somebody who's <laughs> watched the sermons here at Whole Life that they'll run into. I, Eric was at a prayer conference um, that was at Camp Kalakwa, and there were some young people there that said, oh, where do you go to church? Because he, he's up in North Carolina going to school. And he said, oh, I go to, I go to Whole Life Church in Orlando. And they're like, oh, wow. Um, so do you know the pastor there? Like, we love his sermons, blah, blah, blah. And my son, like, it was such a no, good thing. It was him. like, yeah. My son's <laughs> like, that's my dad. And it's interesting because for Eric, I'm just, I'm just his, his dad. dad. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just normal. And it's every day. It's, I, you know, he knows the the good side and the and a yeah. lot of the bad side of who I am, and whereas somebody else who has hasn't spent time with me, all they know is what they're seeing when they watch a sermon or they maybe interact a little bit with me out in the lobby after church service, and and there's just that difference between hmm. whether you know somebody and or whether you really know somebody, whether you really have spent time with them. And hmm. so the cool thing for me is that I think that sometimes we really, and that's what I think the whole point of the sermon was, is that we underestimate the amount of access that God has given us. Oh yeah, for sure. And that we kind of have this idea that maybe God is is that pastor up front once a week that, that you greet out in the lobby briefly and you like or you don't like their sermon, whatever. And we don't really understand that, that that God has given us more than a once a week experience, that he's given us something deep and meaningful. Um, you know, it, it's it's like, you know, if Arlie Army at the end had been like, hey, Ken, that was a really fun interview. And, you know, next time you're back in L.A., I'd love to hang out and spend time with you. Yeah, I would have figured that out. Sure. to figure that out. And and that's what God's done. God is God hasn't given us just a brief access to him. God's given us full access. And and the other part of it that I think is often misunderstood is that we kind of have this idea that Jesus showed up and finally gave us access. The fact of the matter is I believe that God has always wanted us to have access and Jesus is the expression of what mm. was already being offered what was already available. I mean, you just look at it through the Old Testament. You see God just pleading with them, please, come on, let's interact. Let's come, let us reason together. Yeah. Um, and, and so the question is, you know, do you want to have a deep and meaningful relationship with the God of the universe or do you just want to have something that's less deep? And, and the choice is actually yours because God has given you access. You you get to decide the depth of the relationship that you want. God wants to have a deep relationship with you. God wants you to be the child that that knows dad, knows mom and and has that deep and meaningful relationship. You know, I think it's interesting you you're talking about this experience of of having people know you as your persona. Yeah. And how they interact with you mm-hmm. as that persona versus how your friends interact with you or how your yeah. family interacts with you. Um, there is, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it from, from the other side too, because I mean, for example, I went to, um, I went to a book signing, mm-hmm. um, where I was, I was autographing books that I had written and, um, at this event, it was so very strange because I felt very lonely because people would talk to me, but it was so very superficial and weird. (laughs) And I remember there was one guy that just, I I was up on the platform and he just walked up and sat down next to me and just started talking to me. And it was, and I uh, suddenly, it was like, I felt like a real person then because there was somebody treating me like a real person. And I think, um, Boy, this is really weird because I have now used an analogy where you are like God and I am like God. This is not where I was headed with this. But I mean, I wonder about it from God's perspective, though, when people interact with God superficially. Mm, Interesting. You know, because they're interacting with a persona versus um, and and 
and I, I, I would never judge anybody else's prayers. I, I judge my own prayers, but, but you, there is something about talking with God as someone, you know, versus talking with God as someone you don't know. And I, I just wonder what that feels like on the other side. I love mm. that. What a great thought. Yeah. No, it's, it, sometimes I wonder, it feels like on one hand, a lot of us were raised with, it's about reverence. It's about um, being serious. I mean, it's why you have your eyes closed so that you can, you're not being distracted. You can stay in focus. You can stay in point. We all know the things that we're supposed to ask for or not ask for or things you're supposed to talk about when you pray. And then I listen to Emily pray and she gets, she gets her prayers answered a lot. And I, in ways that you can easily validate that, you know, this is what I asked for. And she's, she's in total belief that if, when the words come out of her mouth, whatever she's asking for. And she asked for any, you know, she'll just be like, Hey, I want TV this afternoon. So please let mom. <laughs> Boy, that puts the twist on yeah, you. Doesn't yeah. it? Let me, let, me, oh, man. let me watch that TV this afternoon. You know, you know how bad I need it. It's my favorite show. It's dragons. Come on. I, I need to have it. Or whether it's, you know, take away mom's migraine or, you know, whatever she is just in total belief. And she laughs, she sings her prayers <laughs> which is a total that, I mean, you can sing, you want to sing over supper, prayer for supper every time. That's cool. That's by me. cute. I know she knows the difference that she does it different than we typically do it. And it doesn't bother her in the least bit. And she's not going to change how she does it. Cause to her, this is, this is what she does. This is how she knows Jesus. And it's, I often wonder if the things that I think are, reverent or important or I don't, I don't know, whatever are not as nearly so as I think they are when it comes to God. And, and just, just like we each interact with each other mm -hmm. differently. We each, there's stories we would tell one person, we wouldn't tell another for whatever reason. And so I, as soon as you said that, it just made me think of her and, and it, it just made me think of, the idea that's that idea of what do we know of, of God and how it's right or how it's wrong. And, and we sometimes put a lot of worry into, into, into that when sometimes the best prayers are just the ones that you just are thinking or you're just, you're, it's more of a feeling than words. And sometimes to me, I think those are the, some of the best communication that I have with God. That's, yeah. um, and can you, the, the final thing I just wanted to bring out about the message was I really appreciated the fact that you talked about if you, you know, if God told you, you, you're, you're going to have my son, that the first thing you do would be hire more bodyguards. You would you know get the <laughs> perimeter set up around the house, make sure everything is safe, you know, bulletproof the, uh, the wagon. So we're, you know, we're good to go when we head out to the market or whatever. And just the fact that the story that we all are just like, oh, man, you know, when you really think about the Christmas story, first advent, and it's a little smelly, it's a little dirty, it's a little, um, for those of us who are a little bit of a clean freak, germaphobes are like, wow, can you, can you imagine it? And why would God choose to do this? And then, the, but the access and man, that, that really, that, that was a really powerful thought about he didn't care about any of the stuff that we care about when it comes to those kinds of things. He just wanted us all to have access. And that's, that was really, really cool. I never really thought about it in that way specifically. I never had before either. And Melanie cool. challenged me to think about it. She said, why, 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 why was God, yeah. why did, why in that circumstance? So good appreciate job, Melanie. Melanie's, uh, Hey, you know, I just asked the questions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the questions uh, we had from our sister in Christ. Jesus never got to live beyond young adult years, yet he endured suffering for all of us. Why is it so easy for us to get discouraged when God showed us how Jesus did it, yet we struggle to see him inside of us? Mm. Hmm. Isn't that the truth? He lived a lot in a short period of time. Yeah. 
Uh, and it feels like a little bit of a rhetorical question. I mean, I think everybody has their reasons for why they get discouraged. So yeah. I think they can vary pretty broadly from person to person. But I think if I'm a little bit honest, I think that Jesus got a little discouraged here and there too. I don't think mm. that discouragement is a sin unless you I – don't, I don't think discouragement is a sin. I think that yeah. everybody has their ups and downs – and I think that when you look at Jesus, there's times where he says, "Wow, why all this unbelief? What's wrong?" And that that had to be discouraging. I mean, sure. discouragement doesn't equal lack of faith. It's just it can be discouraging to be in certain circumstances. Sure, yeah. So, I think I think the big thing for us is to figure out how to get our, to our to allow our God to continue working on our on us through people, through um, all kinds of different circumstances to where maybe those lows aren't as low. As low, and, yeah. And, and we, we keep... Um, but there's also one of the things that I've kind of come to grips with is that my personality is kind of a personality that has, has some pretty big mood shifts. And I can be feeling really up here and then feel really down here and really discouraged really quickly. Um, and sometimes it can be hard for me to feel like I pull myself out of that. Back up, yeah. um, and one of the things that I've started telling myself is it's just, it's just, it's okay. Yeah. If you're feeling that way. You will feel better. It will be okay. God has never failed you in the past. And if you feel down for a day or two or a week, God will pull you back up. It'll be Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, I've actually found as I do that 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 I do bounce back actually a little bit quicker hmm. for me. Um, but no, I remember my best friend in college being terrified for me. He was, he said, "Your highs are so high and your lows are so low." I mean, he said, I just really worry for you. And you know, as I've gone on my mental health journey and my spiritual journey, that's one of the things that I've had to keep and think, keep yeah. keep on thinking about, and and. Um, praying about and finding good mental health resources for. Um, but yeah, one of the things I do, I just tell myself, hey, it's it's it stinks right now. It's okay to be discouraged. I mean, I I really wish I was that person when when something went wrong that I was like, I'm all happy and perky. And there's a part of me that doesn't believe, wonders whether that that really is a true thing or if because it's so foreign to me. It feels very I mean, fake. But yeah. it does feel like there are people out there who really just genuinely do have that positive attitude that, you know, no matter what's going wrong there. But then, you know, who was it? Uh, General Stockdale that that was talking about who survived in as prisoners of war. Mm. Um, and I think Stockdale said that it was, it, it wasn't, you know, the people who are either always sunny, sunny, and the people who are always woe is me were the ones that really struggled the most. Hmm. And it was more of the realist in the middle that, that were able to survive because he said the people who had a super positive attitude, eventually they kind of realized in in the prison of war experience that they weren't, they, you know, yeah. when the first Christmas went by, they're like, yeah, but by next Christmas, when that one goes by at some point, it's like, oh, no. But I guess my point is for all of us, just figuring out how to put our lives in Jesus' hands and 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 not getting so obsessed if we're not always as, as happy as we think we ought to be um, or if we feel discouraged or if we wonder what's going on. Um, we're such complex beings and there are so many different variables. There are things that are happening with us physically. There are things happening in our environment. There are different, um, you know, genetic um, components that affect even our resiliency and things like that. And I, I think, I think it's easy to judge our feelings. Um, but feelings are feelings mm -hmm. and we just have them. And I, I don't think it hurts sometimes to just take a step back and observe ourselves feeling the feeling yeah. and, and maybe, and think about it you know, consider it, but not necessarily have to have a judgment call on that feeling because, you know, we are who we are and we feel things. Yeah. 
And sometimes what I feel makes me more upset that I'm actually feeling them because it doesn't feel like I should be feeling this way. And you're like, well, now you're going to be mad because you're mad. I mean, this is re- where does it, where does it end? It's madness. And, Sounds like the next Inception movie. <laughs> but the so, feeling within the feeling within the, the feeling. feeling within the feeling. Oh man, but so but so true on some occasion. That's I, I resonate with that. All right, Aaron asked, is there something about sin and what it actually is? that changes our picture of God. The contrast is stark almost immediately in the first few chapters of Genesis. But something about sin and what it actually is that changes yeah, the picture. I think Aaron's referring back to Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve eat the fruit, the forbidden fruit that they're not supposed to be, and they immediately go into hiding. They hide from God. And one of the things that I said in the sermon was that that while they were hiding from God, God was actually looking for looking them. Looking for them, yeah. And I do think there's something about sin that makes us feel like God doesn't love us, or that, and and it we actually do the hiding while God is trying to reach out to us and say, "Hey, look, of course, what you've done has has hurt you, and it carries a, a cost and a penalty." With that said, Jesus is our answer to that, and Jesus is the good shepherd looking for us that we talked about in our Psalm 23 series. And so I absolutely do believe that sin is one of those things. It's To me, sin is one of those – sin is something that creates barriers between us and our relationship with God. And again, Jesus came – to assure us that we have access to God. Well, I think the devil uses the sin that we prefer or the sin, or prefers the right word, or the, the sin that we struggle with maybe the most that, you know, like just um, turning every little thing that you think about that can be a negative and just letting you dwell on it. I mean, not being enough is maybe the his most used because it never misses. It's always there. We always do something that we come up short and things that even for our expectations. So, I mean, that's like shooting fish in the barrel. That's not anything that he has to even work for. That's just too easy. So I think it definitely, the sin can change the picture of God. And then, but just realizing who's changing the picture, who's putting this in front of us and, um, that God's not changing. That's the, yeah, that's the important part. Randy said, it's interesting how we've created the spiritual narrative that we are not enough. We're not worthy. Why would God pursue us the way they do if we are not enough, at least to be worthy of restoration? This narrative is so marginalizing. Whether Jesus died for my or our sin or was killed for his inclusive love is a worthy question, and we do well to contemplate. And I thought, you know what? That's kind of, uh, that is something to think about, no matter what the reason is or how you have to, how you have to process that. But that fact that we're not enough, that's, that's just too easy. And I just feel like that's one that's always going to get us because how often do I feel like I'm enough? Well, and I, I wonder, I mean, it's, it's a good question to ask. I wonder if it's almost focusing on our unworthiness and our lowliness and our terribleness. I almost wonder if that's a little bit of a, a slap in God's face. If God has invested this much, hmm. um, you know, kind of like when, when you give someone a gift and they're like, Oh no, 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 I couldn't possibly like, but I picked this out for you because I, you know, I wanted you to, Oh no, yeah. I couldn't possibly, you know, it's kind of, kind of like the, that refusal of something that is being offered to us and one and 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 that thing maybe is worthiness. Hmm. Yeah. My aunt Connie taught me a long time ago when someone offers you a gift, you smile, even if you don't like it. You smile and say thank you. That was so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And she's like, never steal the joy of the gift giver. Yeah, and you know what? I I would take this a step further because this is a this is a thing. There are so many times when you know, like someone sings a beautiful song or, you know, plays a beautiful, something beautiful or, or writes something that's really profound. And you tell that person, thank you. You know, thank you for that. That was wonderful. And they will say, oh, no, all the glory goes to God. All the glory goes to God. 
And I get why people do that. But at the same time, if I just wanted God to know, I would have just told God, hey, thank you for that beautiful solo. <laughs> you know, that, that was that was wonderful. That was you know, awesome, yeah. there, there's something it, there's it's OK also to just say, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that that touched you. I'm glad that ministered to you. I'm glad that blessed you in, in whatever way without necessarily deflecting, constantly deflecting. I think it's okay to say thank you, even for those kinds of things as well. Because hmm. those are gifts. Those are gifts that you bring, gifts of appreciation. That can be tough though, especially if you're not someone that likes to to be in the spotlight at all. Um, although I think we all enjoy when people appreciate something that we've done or we've created. And, you know, I don't know how much people may worry that, well, maybe they'll, you know, think I think and I'm maybe awesome. Maybe I think yeah. I'm that much. You know, yeah. Maybe I'm like, I guess for me, I assume that if you know me, you know, that it's all Jesus doing all the work and mm -hmm. whatever's, whatever's out there. Yeah. It, it can't be me. So uh, we're just assuming that that has already been given credit for. And then we can just go ahead and add that maybe at the end a little bit. But every, yeah. every good and perfect gift. Oof, isn't yeah. that the truth? And then finally, this one was on Facebook. Julio asked, how could we show people that have been misunderstanding God that he really is accessible? Maybe something easy, something, is there something we can, it's hard to prove somebody's accessible if you don't know that person, I suppose. And I think that goes to this, uh, this last week's message is just go home and tell people what your experience is. Oh, and be you. accessible yourself. Yeah. Oof, yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Well, then, uh, well, here's how we'll finish this week's episode then, Julio. If that's not a total answer to your question, just go ahead to the next episode in your player because there's going to be two today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next episode. So, yeah, I like that. Just go home and tell people. That's good. Going home. Sounds good. I'm hungry. What time is it? Lunchtime yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had not talked about food yet. So thanks for wow. bringing us back around. <laughs> <coughs> we may have to get back to that uh, at the beginning of the next episode. A whole episode and no food. Wow. And it was now that I think about it, I was like, hey, what was anything anything new and exciting food wise? Like best dessert, best meals. It's just the typical. We should save that for the next turkey. episode. Yeah. I think so. Maybe we should start that one because. Yeah. That would have technically been... That would have been. That would have yeah. been. Cause it's, okay, so we'll save that for the next one. That was for the next one. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. All right. Ah, all right, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we will have the next episode coming up uh, just in a few moments. And uh, thanks for listening and have a great week. 